Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn more about us through zencare.org. So, again, um, this evening I'd like to talk about the fourth paramita. We've been working the paramitas when I've been giving the talks on Monday evenings. And this evening's paramita, or this month's paramita, is uh, Virya, which is the perfection of energy. Which may be why I needed us to really bring that into the room this evening. Because I'm also feeling a little low energy, lack of sleep, and way too much uh, emotional stimulation the last few days. Virya comes from the, um, the ancient Indian-Iranian word that means hero. It's also uh, comes from the root in old, in old English is that of Vira. So Virya Paramita is about making a courageous, heroic effort to realize enlightenment. Seems there's no um, accident or coincidence that this is the parameter for me this, in this period of time. About making a courageous and heroic effort to realize enlightenment, whatever enlightenment looks like for you in this moment, whatever awakening is or discovery. It can refer to both mental and physical energy. And it's about that, again, finding the resources within ourselves to bolster up our energies when we need them. It's about taking care of one's health, resting when we need to rest, taking a bath, watching what we eat. The perfection of energy, and not just, you know, this physical energy, but the energy, you know, our own, whatever word yogis use, what is it? Pranayama, maybe? Prana. Prana. Um, but to, to take care of that, too. For many of us, the mental energy is a bigger challenge. It creates a, a lot of struggle for some of us to commit to a daily practice. You know, there's too much else going on. You know, I'd love to sit, but I have to do this, I have to do that, I don't have time. I got up an extra 10 minutes, but now I realize I have, you know, to send an urgent email. Uh, got some very important knitting to do this morning. It's like, we always find time to fill those moments with something other than that which we are committing to commit to. And I'm certainly guilty of that. But it's so important 
this daily bread. You know, it might be the last thing we feel like doing. And yet, how will we even begin to flourish without practice, without our meditation, without our study to some of It's not about flourishing in the material sense, you know, what will I get? You know, if I study hard and I study for a long time, I'll get something. It's not about that. It's about arriving at a place where a sense of compassion loving action, appropriate action, doing the next best thing, the next right thing, becomes just a natural part of who we are. Being human, being present in the world. is about cultivating the courage and the willingness to stay the course no matter how difficult it gets. No matter how surprising an email we get suddenly can knock us off guard because someone's not thinking. Someone's rushing to send an answer. Or someone has totally the wrong end of the stick. And they've heard you say something that you said, and, blah, 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 and they get half the conversation. And it becomes for me, I become embroiled in this uh, need to protect myself push you away, and to not stay the course, to not get down to it, say, hey, what's going on here? I can often go to that place. So this perfection of energy is about, for me, noticing my own internal energy, how I get worked up. and how that feeds into my need to be perfect and yet it's imperfect you know it's my it's the perfection of my imperfectness if you like how far can i go to just really screw To follow this path of sitting, of skillful action, of the Buddha way, if you like, this path, it's strewn with doubt, 
difficulties. You know, to be human is to be accompanied by fear and resentment. Here's one, here's the other. Leading me up down the road, fear on one arm, resentment on the other. Oh. I know those two. On this path, we need to be the fierce Dharma warrior. We have to go through this process of taking off the armor. The armor that we've used to shield ourselves for so many years, so many lifetimes maybe, to shield us from the hurts and the unfairness is the unfairness is, is this such a word? We perceive <coughs> in the world to be ours alone. No one else has my fears. No one else has been treated so badly. Nobody knows the trouble I see. <laughs> Nobody knows. Who sang that? Who? Paul Rosen. Paul Rosen. Robeson. 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 Paul Robeson. Yes, yes. No, but from Showboat, right? Yeah. Nobody knows the trouble. <laughs> I don't need any encouragement to digress from the trouble. Where was that before I digressed? <laughs> Yeah, we perceive that we're the only ones suffering in this world. Right? And yet the armor that we put on to protect us is actually preventing the possibility of our being fully alive and fully awake. We have to go down into the abyss to meet our demons and confront the dragons. Every time we do this, we can find, if we choose, we can find the strength to take off another. So remember, this virya is about courageous, heroic effort to realize enlightenment, to become awake, to no longer be deluded, clouded in the mind. So I've been going through an incredibly difficult process during the last years, and particularly in the last few months and weeks, 
of taking off my own armor. And it's not been easy. It's been really, really difficult. And those demons and dragons have been down in the abyss, you know, for decades. You know, six and a half decades almost. And they were becoming more and more malevolent. So I've been working on that. And now I think I'm down to the, the last tribe of those demons. I hope. In this lifetime, anyway. And I have to throw open the doors and the windows to let the sunlight in, to banish them. And it's taken a lot of that, a lot of that heroic effort. But I'm determined to, to stay on the path this time. You know, I veered off the path many times. Whatever I can use to distract myself. <laughs> I've actually taken a very big step, which I would not, 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 not recommend to anyone else. I'm not doing that for a moment. But I came off my antidepressants about six weeks ago, which I've been on for 30 years in order to follow a new process. And um, it's been very interesting. It's been quite fascinating to see the world in a, in a slightly different way. It's certainly not easy. But it's, it's, I think, again, it's taken this heroic, it's the her part of the hero's journey for me. And it may be that, you know, three months from now I have to go back on that. And I've done that in the past too. This is not so frightening for me. I have done it in the past. But this time around, armed with this virya, this intention to really go to the places that scare me, has thrown a different, I'm seeing it through a very different lens. So, if at some point in the next month or so, arrested for homicide. You can <laughs> at least you'll know there was actually a reason. <laughs> May not be the correct motive, but there will be a reason. You can all stand up and attest to it in court. He was off his drugs. <laughs> he was off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> So what to do about these barriers, these walls, this armor that we put up to um, <coughs> to block our journey, to 
stop us along the way. Robert Aitken, Roshi, said sometimes the things that seem in the way are really big things that are not easy to change. A difficult marriage or stressful job can drain your energy, for example. How do you cope? There is no one-size-fits-all answer, except perhaps not to stay stuck in the same place. Sometimes we may find ourselves enduring a bad life situation because that seems easier than confronting it or trying to change it. Staying stuck in that familiar In AA, they used to say, you know, we stay in our shit for so long because it's warm and comfy. You know, it's just so warm in there. It just keeps us comfortable. And so we stay in our shit for a very, very long time. Kind of a gross analogy, but <laughs> I wonder how many of you have just been just staying in your shit? No, I know. We may be tempted to just run away, but neither option is very courageous, is it? He goes on to say, getting unstuck may involve small steps or big ones, and it may take months or years, but these steps will be part of your spiritual path. Also, you can learn from them and be made stronger by them. So don't put off practice until your circumstances are better. This is not about, oh, I'll go to this end when I'm feeling better, or when my life's better, or when I get this job, or when I get back together with my girlfriend or my boyfriend, and my life's better, then I'll go meditate. It's about meditating when your life sucks. Not just when your life's going well. I was with someone this afternoon, and having a really, really difficult time with uh, the impending death of a loved one, of a parent, and um, she's had a practice for many, many years, and hasn't been hitting the cushion, <coughs> cushion for a few months now, because she's exhausted, she's running back and forth from one place to the next, tired, she's not getting the support she needs from her family, so she just hasn't been in the mood or hasn't had the found, found the time to sit. And I listened to all the excuses. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I said, well, what would happen if you actually sat still for 30 minutes? Let's do that right now. Let's sit still. It's a Breathe. Be fully present to each other. And she started bawling. This is not what she wants to do. She has to stay strong for her family and her mother and herself. It's like, how's that working for you? Right? So it's not just about sitting just when you feel good, just when your life's going great. It's about, again, taking off that armor and being fully 
present in the world to everything that the Dharma throws at us. And again, as I often say, as my teacher says, being fully present to everything that the Dharma throws at us, all we have to do is show up for it. Sometimes it sucks, and sometimes it brings us tears of joy. So I'd like to finish with a poem, which, apropos this talk, will mean absolutely nothing to <laughs> any of you in this room, possibly. And I'm OK with that. Because I was going through my poetry just before, you know, about an hour ago, and I couldn't find anything that kind of gelled that I haven't read before. And then I came across Tony Hoagland, who I like a lot. Some of you may know Tony Hoagland. Um, and I remembered this poem from a long time ago from another talk I gave that did, it did, it was apropos to that talk. Anyway, this, because of what I'm going through right now, this is very much in line with where my mind's at. It's called mistaken identity. And it's kind of funny and sad. I thought I saw my mother in the lesbian bar with a salt gray crew cut and a nose stud and a tattoo of a parrot on her arm. She was sitting at a corner table leaning forward to ignite on someone's match one of those low tar things she used to smoke. And she looked happy to be alive again after her long marriage to other people's needs a 20-year stint as Sisyphus struggling to push a blue Ford station wagon full of screaming kids up a mountainside. Of groceries. My friend Deborah had brought me there to educate me on the issue of my own unnecessariness. And I stood against the wall trying to look simultaneously nonviolent and nonchalant, watching couples slow dance in the female dark, but feeling speechless, really, at the first horse to meet the first horseless carriage on a cobbled street. That's when I noticed Mom, whispering into the delicate seashell ear of a brunette, running a fingertip along the shoreline of a tank top as if death had taught her finally not to question what she wanted and not to hesitate in reaching out and taking it. I want to figure out everything right now before I die, but I admit that in the dark, where a whole life can be mistaken, in the dark cavern of that bar, it took me one, maybe two minutes to find my footing and to aim my acquainted glance my antiquated glance over the shoulder of that woman pretending not to be my mother as if I were looking for 